When you grow your business, as your business gets larger, one of the key numbers, and I would say probably the key number that you really need to pay attention to is your cancel rate. This is the PMP Industry Insider Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome out to another episode of the PNP Industry Insider Podcast, where we look at what is changing in the industry and we take you to the front lines of those that are driving those changes. As always, I'm Donnie Shelton, owner of Triangle Home Services, as well as Triangle Pest and Triangle Lawn. With me is the ever-present, or ever-present, Mr. Dan Gordon. Dan, would you like to say hello, introduce yourself, our sponsors, and our topic. I am very excited about our topic today, and this is going to be a good one because I think it's probably one of the most important topics that we've ever done in terms of growing a business <clears throat> ever. And I, I don't say that lightly, and I don't, and I'm not being like over the top here when I say that. I do believe it is one of the most critical things you can watch as you grow a business. So with that, I right, do believe you're correct. Uh, hello, everybody. It's Dan Gordon with PCO Bookkeepers, PCO M&A Specialists. Directionalized CFO, uh, M&A Consulting, um, and uh, introducing our sponsors, our good friends over at Cole March by Workwave. Uh, if you're interested in digital marketing, give them a call or visit them on their website, colemarch.com. Uh, for your insurance needs, um, PestSure. Uh, lots of clients who use them, general liability, auto, workers comp, uh, other types of insurance. Uh, that's PestSure.com. And what are we talking about today? So today, the title of our talk or our discussion is Why Cancels Are the Key to Growth, right? Which is a total contradiction in terms. Yes. Uh, thank you. My, my smoothie has arrived. Oh, my uh, gosh. <laughs> why Cancels Are the Key to Growth? And um, which is a total contradiction. And it, it's kind of interesting. You know, we've talked about cancels before. We've talked about how they affect um, growth when you're smaller, how you can definitely outsell them as you get larger. It becomes more and more difficult. And I think that that's the discussion that we're going to have today. And uh, Donnie, if you would like to kick this off. Yes. Yeah, so a couple of things. We're going to be talking a lot about numbers in this episode if you are listening to us, I'm going to do my best, my level best, to try to make sure the math makes sense. If you are on YouTube, I would highly recommend, if you're on YouTube, I would highly recommend that you watch this episode. We're going to be pulling up some spreadsheets. In fact, I'm going to pull up our spreadsheet now, one of our first spreadsheets, which is, it's a spreadsheet on why you can't outgrow cancels. And I think Dan and I, we're going to have a really, really good topic, a really good conversation about this. I... um I think cancels, you know, I, just a quick story before we get started. When so I was Donnie, born, just so that you know, I'm looking at your outline, which is oh, you're not looking at my sauce. Oh, I can't do that podcast. Okay, right? so I am. We're so darn organized. I am the outline. so. Yes, oh, yes. I know why because it 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 shared my desktop and not my actual. Is that better? Much better. Oh my gosh! You know what? We're just a bunch of professionals over here. Ladies and gentlemen, so if you are watching, we're, our YouTube, podcast can... is not well. You know, we're we're not well polished. We're not putting a ton of money into the the technology. We put our efforts into the content, and it's it shows, ladies and content. gentlemen. It shows. So yes. So right. what I've got here is a spreadsheet, and what it's showing is 
it basically paints the story of how cancels can absolutely kill your business. And I want to start this by, um, you know, basically talking through if you go on see some regiment where you decide, Hey, I'm going to lose weight or I'm going to get in shape or I'm going to do whatever, you know, one of the things that I have learned, and by the way, don't follow my example, but one of the things I have learned, and it's this is old adage that is in the, you know, throughout the weight loss industry is you can't outrun a bad diet, meaning that you can work out all day long. You know, I used to years ago, I used to go run six miles on a treadmill and I'd get done and I'd be at a thousand calories. You can go to McDonald's and whack that out and just, I mean, just a couple of burgers and some fries and you're done, right? And so the whole idea is that it doesn't matter how hard you work out, the real magic is happening in what you eat. So that, I want to use that metaphor because it absolutely is a great one in terms of growing your business. When you, when you, when you grow your business, as your business gets larger, one of the key numbers, and I would say probably the key number that you really need to pay attention to is your cancel rate. And by the way, I'm talking about this because right here at Triangle right now, I like to, I don't ever want anyone to think that I've got everything figured out. We're having an issue with this and we're, we're getting back on top of it. We used to look at this number like a hawk. We did a couple of CRM changes, which I know I've talked about several times in this podcast. And as a result of that, we lost some data. Now we're getting our data back and I'm pulling this number back up and it is ugly. I mean, super ugly, but anyway, so that was what prompted this episode. But if you look at this graph, there's a little graph down here at the bottom where the blue is total sales and the red are cancels. And what you'll find is that as your accounts go up, if you maintain a standard cancel rate, eventually you will hit a size where you simply cannot outsell your cancels. And so when you look at, and I'm going to try to talk people through who are just listening, what this spreadsheet shows is it shows your average revenue per customer. It shows an average cancel rate. It shows your cost per sell, and then it shows your cost per sell increase. And I used very conservative numbers. And then I base out a, you know, a sample company starting it at three and a half million and then showing like, okay, based on that, if you have a marketing budget of 15%, and so Dan, I'm just going to walk you through this just so you're following it as well. So here in our first row, this is your recurring base. So if you have 7,000 customers and you got an average of, let's just say these are recurring customers and you have an average of $500 revenue per customer, that's going to give you 3.5 million. That's what you're doing in revenue. With yeah. me so far? Okay. Yeah. Now, if you're an aggressive guy or gal and you decide to put 15% of your revenue budget towards marketing, now your marketing budget is $500,000, basically five twenty-five. Five and a quarter, right? Yeah. If your cost per sale is $200, which I think is pretty low, again, I'm being pretty conservative here, then that means you're going to get a total sales of 2,600 sales. Now, if your cancel rate is 19%, annualized. And we're going to talk about how to measure that here in a moment. 19%. And Dan, would you say that's pretty average? Say it's high, low? Uh, I would say it's a little higher than, okay. than normal. But What do you say, 18? So we like to go, yeah, one, uh, you know, somewhere between one to one and a half percent a month, which is 12 to 18%. So let's use 18. Okay. 
Oh, look at you with the changing yeah, of the yeah. By the way, if you're not watching this on YouTube, you're you're missing out on uh, <laughs> this this beautifully color coded chart. So and yeah, how he so changes I, the numbers and it ripples through. But go ahead. Yes. So I just changed the cancel rate to eighteen percent. So you got a cancel rate of eighteen percent, which means that of you sold twenty six hundred roughly, you canceled twelve hundred. Now you net out at a eighty three hundred. So you're looking pretty good. You you grew roughly 19.5%. You're ending your revenue at 4.1 million. Great year, right? 20% growth. Most people would be very happy with that. Now, there's a lot of things that you could do, but I'm just, this is a fictitious example. Okay, this is nothing more than to show a point. If you keep following that throughout each year, I mean, you can see the next year, year two, it's just pulling that revenue over that you finished out at. Keeps the same marketing budget. Keeps the same cost per, well, the cost per sale actually goes up because- I assume that your cost per sale increase is going to go up about 5%. Now, if you're listening to this and you're in the digital world, you're probably laughing right now because if you're like me, you know very well, in fact, you know dang well, uh, cost per sale and cost per lead on Google has not been going at 5%. It's been going by more like around, you know, I'd say anywhere from 20 to 50%, depending on what market you're in. So very, very conservative, but now your cost per sale, instead of it being $200, is $210. Total sales right around $3,000. You got cancels at $1,500. Net accounts at it, you know, basically 10,000 accounts. Now you're ending the year at 4.9. You had 17% growth, which is basically still a good year, a little less than the year previous. But as you follow this out, what's going to happen is, let's just say, for whatever reason, you hit kind of max out in the market. And for whatever reason, you can't really sell more than 4000 that's if you follow these numbers, that's what these numbers show you. You can't really, 4,000 is about market saturation. It's about all you can get. You can spend all the money in the world that you want, but more than 4,000 sales, you're not really going to be able to do it. And in a market, in a market, in a market. And by the way, there's a lot of strategies that you can use to offset this. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that later. This is only an example that shows you why cancels are the key to growth. And it's because the fact of the matter is, is the more you scale and the larger you get, the more it becomes apparent that you can't outgrow that cancel rate without some However, sort of strategy. There are other ways. You yes. split offices and things like that, but go ahead. Well, I was going to say, and what do the big companies do? The big split companies offices. go out, yeah, they, put, they split offices and they go out and acquire people. I mean, because they still have to hit that 10% growth number. They still have to hit it. And they got massive. I mean, when you think about, you know, one and a half, two percent cancel rate for say one of the big guys like Renekill, Terminac, and they're the same company now, but you know, Orkin or whatever, those are some big numbers. And it's, you know, when you look at the dollar amount, like it's not, there's no overcoming that without acquisition or, you know, like you said, splitting out offices or those types of things. The idea is that once you hit saturation, your cost per sale is going to go up and you will not outsell your cancel rate, period dot. And so that's what this graph is showing. So I'm not going to spend a ton of time on it. I'll link this up on the website if you want to. Yeah, go but 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 follow it through. So just um, yes, what's kind of interesting. So explain why you went in, in year seven to fourteen percent spend, and then yes. So as you get larger, you know what you're going to find is that you can't really add more money to marketing, and it and it moved the needle. And so I used fifteen percent up until you're right at about mm, right at about seven and a half million. And then the next year I reduced that budget down to 14%, which by the way, I think these are aggressive numbers for marketing. This is for someone who's really trying to grow the business. Very aggressive. Yeah. Nobody's spending this kind of money on marketing that's a mature business. Well, 
I wouldn't say nobody. Except for triangle. <laughs> Except for triangle. <laughs> so the reality of it is, is that when you, you're only, you're going to hit a point in diminishing returns where, and I see this in marketing a lot. Now, look, everyone knows that, you know, I'm, I'm not like, I'm not driving coal march anymore, but I've seen it multiple, multiple times where you hit a point where you could throw another million dollars in your marketing budget. And it's just simply not going to move the dial. It's just not. And so you can see as you get larger, this marketing budget is going to come down as a percentage of overall revenue, where if you're at a $10 million company, and you're spending 12% on, uh, on marketing, that's a $1.2 million marketing budget, period dot. I mean, it's a massive marketing budget. And, but, the, but the problem is, is that if your cancer rate is sitting at 18%, that means you're canceling almost 3,800 accounts a year. So you have to you have to sell 3,800 accounts just to break even. And you know, can 1.2 million do that? Possibly. So for those who aren't watching this on YouTube, this example, million dollar company, 15% cancel rate. So it now going into year two, you have 850,000 of revenue. You want to grow 10%. So now you have to make up the 150 that you lost plus another hundred. So you have to make up 250, right? That's yep. to grow 10%. Yep. Okay. Yep. Now, if you take that out 10 years or, and it's different for every company, there's a point at which the, uh, the graph crosses where you can't grow anymore mm -hmm. unless you reduce that cancel rate. You have to reduce that cancel rate. And it's different that that crossover point is different for every business or every office based on, you know, how many pest users are in the market. Right. right? That's exactly and right. So, and yep. so the, the strategy, whatever the strategy, you have to reduce the cancels either through, I don't know, technicians, you know, trying to, uh, you know, talk to customers about, you know, uh, you know, more touch points or uh, having a, 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 you know, a cancel, um, you know, your salespeople going after the cancels and, um, you know, whatever you can do to reduce those cancels, that this graph will happen, but it'll happen at a much bigger point where you might not get to. So hopefully you can, um, you know, hopefully you can, not get to this point. We've seen it happen as well, uh, especially with very quick growing companies. Absolutely. They usually have, because they usually have large cancel rates. So. And there's some strategies that you can employ. I mean, one would be customer service, right? Another one could be a price increase, right? If you're able to increase your average revenue per customer, well, then you don't need as many accounts to generate the same or more revenue numbers. I mean, and then there's splitting off offices, right? There's this whole idea that you're constantly creating a growth engine where the upside is way bigger than the downside. And what I mean by the upside is your ability to sell or to acquire is yet that gap between your cancels is, you know, you can create that gap. That was one of the reasons that we went into lawn care is because it was a way to keep the growth coming on the business for us. Now, Talk to me later if I'll tell you if that was a great idea. I'm still trying to figure that out. <laughs> you are growing revenue. Right? But we are absolutely growing revenue and we're growing it fast. And so point being is that I wanted to show this graph and I wanted to show this spreadsheet because 
you know, the reality of it is, is that if you're not here yet, I'm sure there's probably a lot of our listeners listen to this and shaking their head. Yes, this is absolutely correct. Um, but there's also folks who, who may be a little bit smaller, who are not looking at this quite yet. And all I'm telling you is, is that this needs to become one of your most critical KPIs and which is one of the reasons that we called, you know, why it cancels are the key to growth. So with that, I'm going to pull the spreadsheet off and now you get to look at me and Dan's well, Dan's beautiful face, my ugly face. Um, and let's talk, let's get more into this topic. And so I think we've made the case for why you need to watch cancels and why cancels are so critical to growth. Let's talk a little bit about how to measure cancels because this is something that I see a lot of people mess up. When we start talking cancels, what you'll find is if you go to a conference and you say, what's your cancel rate? And what's your cancel rate? And what's your cancel rate? Everyone's gonna be throwing out these wild numbers. And what you're gonna realize is this, no one measures it. No, I shouldn't say no one. Very few people measure it consistently. I'm going to share how I measure it. I'm not telling you it's the way. Dan, you're absolutely welcome to critique it. Say what no, you No, there say. are multiple ways, but the most important thing is to be consistent. Correct. Right. Correct. So the way that we measure the way that we measure it at Triangle is on the first day of the month, we take a snapshot, meaning that we look at how many recurrent accounts did we have on the books. As of, you know, like, so for right now, it's June. So we'll say May 31, we had X number of accounts on the books. That's the snapshot. And that number stays static for the, for the next month. So let's just say it was 10,000 customers. So every cancel we take in the month of June that did not have a new start in the month of June that cancels, that's going to be that number over our total customer base at the beginning of the month. And that that creates our cancel rate. Now, in general, we've had it down as low as 0.8%. We're not there now. We're pretty ugly right now. We have a pretty just gross cancel rate. But normally that's going to fall somewhere if you're at a if you're in a pest control company between one and one and a half percent per month. If you if you spend that out over 12 months, that's going to be between 12 and 18%. So that's going to be your annual. You know, if you're if you're between 12 and 18 percent, you're doing quite well. I mean, I shouldn't say well, but you're doing that's pretty average, right? You trying to get that number lower is going to be very, very difficult. Back in the days when we were running 0.8 percent a month, we were doing an awful lot. And we're going to you know, we're working towards getting back to that. But, you know, like most things, when you don't look at something, it gets out of line and gets out of whack. And that's exactly what happened with us. And so. So that's how we measure it, Dan. I'm not sure if you guys measure it a different way or if there's another way. The only difference that I measure, so there's a couple of ways. We don't do it uh, the, using the, the first day of the month. We use it the first day of the year. And yeah. so, um, you know, you're you're constantly judging this year. So I start with 100 accounts and, you know, uh, in July, my, you know, if I'm at 100 and, you know, uh, you've got to have... A, the beginning plus additions minus um, the the cancellations, and then you get to your number, and that way you do it. That's the other thing is which I kind of like, but we don't do it as a you know for a metric for um, um, you know when 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 people ask us, uh, especially in M and A world, right? What's your cancellation rate? Um, one of the things that we do is first year cancellations versus yeah yes cancellations because. Yes. There's a million reasons, but usually first year cancellations are significantly more than if you've had them renew or um, right. you know uh, come on a second year. 
we found our breaking point is, is that if we could get them over 18 months, we would typically keep that account unless it was a real move, not a fake move, which we'll talk about later. Um, and you got that account, assuming that you don't screw it up or they don't, they don't move. But so we talked about pests for lawn, you know, I think the average is between two and two and a half percent. So, you know, the cancels are way higher in that industry. They don't always have to be that way. I've seen folks who've had, you know, similar cancel rates to pests. I wouldn't say that's the average, Dan. I don't know what you see with that, but I mean, we, generally we do see it as higher. It's, it's interesting because you know how you value a pest controller or lawn care or any business is basically there's a couple of factors. And one of them is the um, top line growth as well as EBITDA growth and whatnot. And um, what happens is if you're falling off at a greater rate, your value that there's an economic model that you use. If you're pulling off at a greater rate, then that cash flow, that that stream of cash, is worth less, and that may be a reason why lawn care companies are worth less than pest control companies. That listen, lawn care companies, the, the valuations have, have uh, risen quite a bit in the past year and a half or so, but they're definitely not where uh, pest control companies have peaked out at. And I'm not sure that I ever see them getting there, but I think it's because of that attrition rate being higher. So you have to replace those customers every year. Right. The, the important point here is that whatever you do, just be consistent in how you measure it. We measure it based on the month. You know, we take a snapshot at the end of the month. We take our cancels that, that were part of that. We don't take the, we don't take the cancels that like, for example, let's just say someone starts and cancels within the same month. Those don't get counted. It's of that data set that we, that we, 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 you know, we took a snapshot of at the end of the month. What, what of that data set got canceled? And that's what we, that's what we use as our cancel rate. And generally speaking, we are around between one to one and a half. We're up at two right now, which I'm not liking at all. And we've, we've got a lot of things in place that we're, we're bringing that back down. Let me um, ask you a question. Why? Is it quality? Is it, is it? No, I think it's a lot of the economy, but I don't buy it. Well, it's not the economy. I mean, a lot of it is kind of self-inflicted, you know, here at Triangle, okay. we're, we're doing a lot of changes. We're doing a lot of changes with our people. We're doing a lot of changes with our programs. We've obviously increased prices. And so we're just kind of going through and revamping the business. And part of that, we're revamping the customer. And we, you know, we did a small acquisition on lawn. We brought all those people up to our current pricing. And as you can imagine, that went over like a fart in church. So, you know, I mean, it's just <laughs> things that, <laughs> I mean, there's just things that we're doing that we're, you know, it's, it's causing the customer base to churn a little bit more than what we like, but I imagine by, you know, by the end of July, 1st of August, that'll all be settled down. So, so you've got the target percentage. So first of all, there's measuring it, right? How are you going to measure it? There's the targets that you're going for, you know, whatever target that is. And by the way, you don't have to use those percentages. If you decide to measure it a different way, you'll come up with whatever your average should be. Just be consistent. Just be consistent. And then the last thing I would say is make sure that you don't forget that there is seasonality and seasonality absolutely has an impact on cancel rates. You know, one of the things that we see is in the wintertime, obviously, especially on the restarts, like if we go to restart our um, our mosquito programs or whatever comes spring, our cancel rates will be a little bit higher. And so just don't forget that, <clears throat> you know, you're going to have seasonal spikes with cancels as well. And that's just part of the game. So, okay. 
Next thing. So there's, there's obviously you can't outgrow a bad cancel rate. There's measuring cancels. There's knowing what your target percentages are. And then there's the next thing, which I think is knowing the reasons. And I hate, loathe, despise. Everybody moved. Everyone moves, man. I tell you what, like everyone moves. And so I will tell you for us, our top three, number one is moved. Number two is not interested. Number three is price or some sort of financial thing like they couldn't pay it or whatever. Um, What I will tell you from my own experience is generally speaking, I think about half of the moved actually moved. I think a lot of times moved is, you know, not interested or whatever, but, but the idea here is, is that you do keep track and I'm sure most CRMs now, you know, when they, when you take a cancel, you can mark it and tag it as to what the reason should be. And I would be a little more like, like when it comes to marketing and when it comes to some of these sources, like I'm pretty general and I don't want a whole lot. I mean, we, you know, five to 10 at most on cancel reasons. This is one where I'm okay with there being a lot of reasons because I actually want to know I'm trying to get out of the moved category. I'm not, I've not been very successful at this one because What's the issue with moved, Dan? Why is moved such a popular category? Because you can't fight it and people don't want confrontation. And that's, exactly. So you're not going to be able to get out of it. You're going to so what are you going to say? Are you sure you're moving? Exactly. You know, you're not exactly. I've heard people say that or they send someone to the house or whatever. I don't know if any of that crap works. We've never done that. I don't, I I certainly don't want to put a customer in that situation. And the last thing I want to do is leave a bad taste in their mouth. We do ask them if they're moving within our service. Uh territory we we offer them you know a free switch i mean there's there's several things that we try to do to 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 retain that customer but but the fact of the matter is is that you absolutely should be tracking your reasons and if you can add a lot of reasons so that you can really dig into why people are canceling you, you know the other thing i'll add to this is that i'm always shocked at and this is a different topic and i don't want to go too far down the road but what i think people are going to cancel when we do a price increase versus what actually happens. It's always way better than I anticipated. I hope I continue my run on this, but but usually it's like, I think the world's going to end. We do a price increase and generally speaking, it's nowhere near. The when, you're in, the, when you're in a nickel and dime pest, uh, business like pest control and lawn care and you raise it, fractions of nickels and dimes, nobody cares. The thing I, I would well, say is a lot of people don't care. It, it, well, raising your prices two bucks or three bucks is not going to be the make or break uh, of the deal. The caveat I would add to that is this, is that if you're in a highly knocked area, which we are, you just need to make sure that your, your service, your, your customer service is way up there. Because the fact of the matter is, is that you will outprice, you know, people knocking on the door. And if you don't have a tie back to the customer, if you, you know, you're not out there, you're not, you know, you're not very responsive on your callbacks and those types of things, you are going to have, you're going to have a lot of moves. Mm. <laughs> you have a lot of people moving. So, okay. Now let's get into what I would consider to be probably the most important part of this podcast, which is how do you manage your cancels? How do you prevent from, you know, from, from getting in a place where your cancels are outgrowing your sales? I will tell you that we've already talked about a couple, which is acquiring other companies. That certainly helps because you get a boost. And if you can do that and you got the cash to do that, or you got the bank financing or whatever, I think that's a great strategy. Second thing is, is that you can do price increases. I think it's a fantastic strategy to do, mainly because if your cost per sale is going up, your revenue needs to be going up so that you can maintain the gap. You know, 
in that example that I used in the spreadsheet, I did not change. I did not change the revenue over that 15 year period. Now, if you did a few selective price increases, you know, chances are, you know, you're going to keep maintain a gap and you may go a little bit further when you don't, you know, where you don't have to, where you don't cross over where you can't outsell it, where, but your growth rate, your growth rate absolutely will go down. But I will tell you on the digital side, I have seen increases of 40 to 50% now for the last three years. And I don't know any company that can do that kind of price increase across the board to maintain the gap. Um, I, I know there's some other markets where folks are, you know, they're not, they're not seeing as much um, increase price increases, but we're certainly seeing them on, in our markets and we're in some pretty big markets. So, so price increases, acquisitions. The other thing I would tell you is that I would be very aware and I would have some policies in place when if someone calls in, you empower your front line. A lot of folks want to get on, go on a defensive and say, well, you can't cancel or I'm going to charge you this, which may be true for, you know, a 12 month, 18 months, maybe even a 24 month contract. But the fact of the matter is, is that when you look at your cost per sale, let's just say now your cost per sale is 250 bucks or it's 300 bucks or whatever that is, which I would say is probably pretty standard. $300, I think is fairly standard. If you're down at 200, congratulations. If you're lower than that, you need to keep going, right? But when you think about how much it takes to replace that customer, there's nothing wrong with you spending $100 to save that customer. Now, there's going to be some people who are going to take advantage of that and they may run out that 100 bucks. They may do something where, um, you know, they, 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 let's just say you offer them two months of free service and they end up canceling anyway. But the fact of the matter is, is that when you do the math, it makes zero sense for you to fight that customer and not offer them something. Even just take your current cost per sale and just turn it in half. And now you, that's what you've got to play. So the one thing that sale. I would keep an eye on are those customers that you offer some sort of special deal. What you don't want to do is train your customers to go all the way to the end because they know that the special deal is coming. Right. So you want to right. vary that. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. So, so my point here is, is that empower your front line. Think about your replacement costs. Look at your cost per sale and just make sure, make certain that, you know, you put something in place where you try to your best to save that customer. The second, well, not second, I don't know what, what, what number I'm on. I think I'm on number four now. Years ago, we did a deep dive on cancels back when we were having a problem with this. And what we found was, is that people canceled at the six month point, they canceled at their contract anniversary, which is at 12 months and then at 18 months. And I think once we got them past 18 months, we were good to go. So in month five, we would call that customer and say, hey, how are things going? Just want to check in, blah, blah, blah. Hey, by the way, we really appreciate you being a customer. We're going to give you $5 off your next service or whatever. So it was kind of a proactive, it ended up getting expensive. We stopped doing it. I'm questioning why we did that. We may be, we may be implementing that again, but, but the whole idea is that when we would do that, what we would do is we would we would prevent the customer from that from that critical point. So the six month point, if they're getting the next service with a discount, then that would get them over the hump. Same thing for their anniversary. And it didn't work in all cases, but that was back when we were running the 0.8% uh, um, cancel rate. So it was doing it was working. So that's one thing to do is what I call it the proactive save. And then the last thing is what I would call stupid tax. Okay. Stupid tax is this when you do something stupid and then you pay for it. Okay. Stupid tax things would be like, 
sending like I will never forget this stupid text. stupid text. <laughs> Yeah. So years ago, I had this company come by and I'll never forget it. It was the middle of January. It was cold as all. It's like seven o'clock at night. And in North Carolina, it's seven o'clock at night in the wintertime. It's dark. It's pitch black. And there was a lawn company selling lawn care door to door. And I bought lawn care on the door. And they did my lawn for three years. <laughs> and then one day I get this letter in the mail. And I am not going to say the company because everyone knows who it is. And it's just the worst letter ever. It says, your yard probably looks bad. And here's why. And it went through all the list of why my, my lawn looks bad. And I should, it's not fair. And it legitimately said this. It's not fair to blame us. And yeah, this letter was just like this. And it, it put such a bad taste in my mouth. I called them and canceled them. By the way, I was happy with my lawn. <laughs> It was like this letter was, you know, basically it was this letter like, don't call us and blame us for the weather and yada, yada, yada. So that's stupid tax, right? Sending customers letters that are not necessary, sending customers receipts, like after you, like you do your monthly billing or whatever, there's no need to send them a receipt once they sign an agreement. They've already said it's going to happen. You don't get a receipt from anyone else. That's just a reminder that they probably need to cancel. And then the last thing is, is sending them anything that's not an offer, Um so, so my point here is, is that the reality is, is that don't give people reasons to cancel and reasons to cancel would, reasons to cancel would be stupid tax, like sending them letters that are not necessary, sending them receipts that are not necessary, or sending them anything that's not an upgrade or an offer. You know, I, I'm a huge uh, advocate of leaving the customer alone, unless you're actually trying to sell them something, or it has something to do with their specific service that you need to do. Like, Hey, we're coming out you know, please put away your pets or whatever, but, but don't do dumb things that, you know, basically creates a cancel because I can tell you everything I just said outside of the letter I've done, you know, when we first got into credit card billing, I thought, man, we're just going to send these automated receipts. <laughs> I did that for about two months. I'm like, well, that was dumb. We're not sending those anymore. And lo and mm -hmm. behold, our cancels went down. I mean, so, so point is, is that just be smart. You know, don't, don't give people reasons to cancel. Don't prompt them to cancel by unnecessary communication communication. So, all right, Dan, I've been talking a lot. What do you have yes, to you add have. in this conversation? The stupid tax. Stupid tax. Yes. <laughs> what do you have to add to it? Cause I, look, at the end of the day, if listen, you know, people talk about cancels a lot. I, I, I mean, again, I have just been reminded me personally at triangle when, when we pulled this number back up again, um, how critical it is to track this number and how critical it is to manage it, how critical it is to communicate, how important it is to your business. Like when someone calls in, it's not a, yeah, no problem, right? It's like, how can we, you know, what can we do? Like you just do your best to save that because that truly- If, 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 if you like can bring your cancel rate down, the the point on that graph where the, the, the new sales and the cancels, that moves to the right on the x-axis right mm -hmm. and you want to push that out as far as you can mm -hmm. but at some point you know if you're running a 10 or 15 million dollar office in a big market you're going to reach a point where it's going to be very very difficult to outsell your cancels and that might be a time that you think about splitting an office or doing something like that um, but the idea is to get that cancel number so low that we move that 
crossover point way out on the on the axis. And it has a huge impact on revenue. The the math that we did, and and I'm not. Uh, oh my gosh, I wish I wish that I was embellishing here, but I'm not. The math that we did in terms of annual revenue is a one percent change. It represents over a million dollars in revenue in that cancel rate. It's a big deal. Like you know, when you think about it, it's a because when you look at one percent of twenty thousand customers, that's you know one percent. Wait a minute. So wait, Triangle's doing a hundred million dollars? No, 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 no. Ah, you're not falling the math today. It's not right. the same. It's I not just thought maybe a big fat. No, 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 not at all. Not at all. I'm only making the point that when you when you don't have to replace those customers, growth yeah. gets very, very easy. And it represents yeah. a lot, a lot of it. I'm talking about differences in revenue. You got to remember there's sales on top of that. It's not one one for one. I'm just right. I'm only making the point that when you're when your ship's not sinking, meaning that it's it's much easier to grow, right? It's all and I'm not saying we're sinking. I'm not I'm just making the point that, you know, it's when you're zero, like when your break-even continues to go higher or your break-even is right at the top of your sales, you're not going to grow. So By the way, that last uh, uh, statement that I made, if you listen to last week's uh, episode on open book, ma- uh, open book management, that's why you don't share stuff with me. Uh, so, <laughs> Oh, gosh. All right. Anything else to add? That's it. That's it. All right. Well... Thank you. You've all managed to spend yet another 40 minutes with Dan and I. Just a reminder, all the resources and topics that we talk about today are available on the podcast website, pmpindustryinsider.com. I'll share this spreadsheet. Uh, we'll have um, our, we'll have it up on our show notes and you can take a look at it. And, uh, and Take a look way, at that spreadsheet. I, I got to tell you, it's not often that I compliment Donnie, but he put together a oh really gosh. good spreadsheet. Yes. Well, find it, find errors in it, critique me, and then send all the yes. hate mail to Dan. And with That's that, right. we always appreciate any ratings and reviews that you can give us, no matter how you give it to us via Apple, Spotify, whatever, even on YouTube. And like I always say, if you have complaints, send those to Dan. And with that, we're out. We'll talk to you next time. We'll see ya. See ya. Bye-bye.